on this edition of the Cup Stock Podcast, brought to you by Wintrust, home of Cubs checking the free ATMs nationwide. Tim Stebbins and I discuss the latest goings on with the Cubs. We talk about the high spin rates, and as Cardinals manager Mike Schilt said on Wednesday, baseball's dirty little secret about foreign substances being put on the ball. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. At Wintrust, we know true fans show their team pride every chance they get. With Cubs checking, you'll score a Cubs debit card so you can show your support every time you pay. Open today at Wintrust.com slash Cubs Talk. $100 required to open. Member FDIC. Let's play two. Back, 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 back. Way back. It might be. It could be. It is. Holy cow. The fly. He scores. to another edition of the Cubs Talk Podcast brought to you by Wintrust, home of Cubs checking with free ATMs nationwide with our great producers, Tony Gill and Joe Collins, Tim Steffens of our Cubs content team. I'm David Kaplan. We got a lot to get to. It's Tim and I today. Tim, let's get right into this. So yesterday at Guaranteed Rate Field, the Cardinals are closing out a series with the Chicago White Sox. One of their pitchers comes in out of the bullpen. Dan Bellino, the second base umpire, notices spots on his hat that look like a substance. Joe West, as the crew chief, confiscates the hat and makes him go change. Mike Schilt, the Cardinal manager, comes out. Few choice words for Joe West, and boom, he's ejected. After the game, Mike Schilt spent 10, 12 minutes talking about baseball's dirty little secret of substances that Pitchers are using to increase spin rates, and it really has gone viral. So I ask you, what is your thought about a pitcher using a little sticky stuff because he says he can't control the ball, and at 100 miles an hour, you hit somebody, you can kill him? Yeah, and uh, Schilt was saying, does he use sunscreen? Yeah, so he was he was even saying, like, is it does baseball want to go on this dirty little secret? But he was kind of saying that it wasn't even substances, it seemed like. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I think, I think Mike Schultz, right. Where it's something that is going to be incredibly difficult to crack down on. I think that was actually a point of emphasis this year. And now we have this moment where this big, this is happening this year. It's no coincidence when they're trying to crack down on it, but I I definitely like the point you made when someone's throwing a hundred and they're only going to throw harder as we move on through the years here, like it, it maybe would be something that would be beneficial, but pitchers already have so many advantages that if that's something like Trevor Bauer's experiment, where 
he talked about if I use, you know, a little, a little sticky stuff, I can get my spin rates up this much high. Like he's kind of experimented with it. So uh, it definitely is, is an advantage. So I think I'd fall on the side of pitchers are already so dominant over hitters. I mean, we're maybe this is just a product of the strange season this year coming off a stranger season last year, but hitters are already performing so terribly this year league wide. And it's, it's a, it's an issue in this game where offense is at an all time low. So it's not something that I could say I would be in favor of because I want more offense. So some pitchers and we had Anthony Rizzo on my radio show on ESPN 1000 and Riz said, Hey, I'm not taking anything away from these guys. They're incredibly talented. They work incredibly hard, but the spin rates that they're getting to now are crazy. And it's because Sticky stuff allows your fingers to give more snap to a breaking ball because your fingers can stay on the ball longer. There was also talk, I read an article this morning, where a bunch of people in the game have said, you know, you used to have failed starters became middle relievers in large part, and they threw 88 to 92, and they weren't, they were probably the least talented guys on the team. Well, all of a sudden, you got failed starters that are running it up there at 99 with spin rates that give them insane movement that they can't control sometimes. Could you be persuaded at all? You can use a little bit of that stuff so that you at least can control this incredible power and velocity that's now prevalent in our game. I mean, maybe, but I would want some compromise for offense if that was the case. Like if you're going to, allow the pitchers to do that so they can control their stuff better than move the mound back a foot, which is already being experimented by, you know, Theo Epstein is at the forefront of this as a consultant to MLB. They're going to experiment all these rule changes in the Atlantic league as they have in the past. And one of them is moving the mound back a foot and MLB and they're in their testing with this before implementing this rule this summer said that uh, I think it was like a 93 mile an hour fastball from 60 feet, six inches is equivalent to like 91.6 or something from 61 feet, six inches. So sure. For a safety standpoint, if you want to allow this and uh, get guys to maybe have a little more control over these pitches that are going hundred with all this crazy movement. Yeah. But move the mound back and then maybe a, there'd be more offense out of it, but maybe it's just better control and, and, and you're not getting a guy getting hit with the hundred all the time. So Mike Schilt, as I mentioned, was ejected. He spoke very eloquently and very passionately, but very measured after the game on his Zoom call with the Chicago and St. Louis media. Here's Mike Schilt on Wednesday afternoon after his club's 4 nothing win over the White Sox that salvaged one of the three games in the series. But he wanted to talk about the dirty little secret in the game. Well, a couple thoughts, and I'm sure you're going to have some questions because I've got I've got my fair share of thoughts. Um, first of all, here's what factually happened. Geo comes in the game. Um, I wasn't aware at the moment. I just caught the end of it. Now I'm more privy to how it unfolded. Um, my initial reaction was Joe comes over, walks over to Geo. I don't know what it's really in regard to. Um, it's uncharacteristic. I walk out, see what's going on. He said he needs to change hats. Turns out that Dan Bellino had um, watched Gio come in the game and then goes over to Joe, whispers the ear, Joe goes to the mound, and then, you know, listens that Gio needs to needs to change his hat. Um, 
So why do I take exception with that? Um, because this is baseball's dirty little secret, and it's the wrong time in the wrong arena to expose it. Because here's here's the th- and make sure I get my words right. Because um, I got a decent chance of getting fined, and my wife Michelle, will, you know, gosh darn it, um, it's for the integrity of the game. And, and <laughs> um, but anyway, um, here's the deal. Um, first of all, Geo wears the same hat all year. Okay, um, hats accrue dirt. Hats accrue substances. You know, like just stuff. You know, we pitched in a day game, um, so. Did Gio have some sunscreen at some point in his career to, to change his, um, make sure he doesn't get some kind of melanoma? Possibly. Um, you know, does he use rosin to help out? Possibly. Is Are these things that baseball really wants to crack down on? No, it's not. I know that completely firsthand from the commissioner's office. That is not anything that's going to affect his ability to compete. And it was interesting with my um, buddy, Ernie Moore, our traveling secretary. Um, he goes, man, that really, a new hat didn't really seem to affect Geo's stuff too much. Um, so that part was nice to see. Um, so now let's get to the genesis of this conversation. And this is the part that um, is the, and I, Major League Baseball has got a very, very, very tough position here because there are people that are effectively and not even trying to hide, essentially flipping the bird at the league with how they're cheating in this game with concocted substances. There are players that have been monetized for it. There are players that are obviously doing it, going to their glove. There's clear video of it. You can tell the pitchers that are doing it because they don't want to go to their, their mouth which Geo does off the rubber and understandably, and I know comfortably major league baseball is, is trying their best to do it in a manner that doesn't create any black eye for the integrity of the game that we love. But speaking of integrity, how about the integrity of the guys that are doing it clean? How about the guys that are pitching their tails off in major league baseball and doing it clean that have an unfair competitive advantage for the guys that are clearly loading up with concoctions that they actually advertise, don't do anything to hide, even in plain view. That's the guys I'm speaking for. I'm speaking up for the hitters that have a living to make facing stuff that's already really, really good. And you can see based on spin rates, how guys' careers are jumping off the charts. So you heard Mike Schilt. I've heard Mike Schilt uh, multiple times over the last 18 to 24 hours. I think he may get fined. He says in the cut, my wife is not going to be happy with me because I'm probably going to get fined, but I feel like I have to say it. Would you find Mike Schilt for what he said or hallelujah? He at least acknowledged it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would, but I think it's kind of inevitable that he's going to get fined, right? And it's maybe it's no coincidence that he came out later with the statement and he said, I have great, a great working relationship with the umpires and MLB, and they have a lot of challenges to do their job well. And uh, policing foreign substances shouldn't be part of their job. So he came out with a statement to kind of 
you know, clarify and make himself make it so it's not as bad looking, right? But then at the same time, he, he kind of took a, I don't know, it's not purpose, obviously, or maybe it was intentional, but that's kind of a shot at MLB, isn't it? Where it's not their job to police foreign substances. And if MLB is looking at that, uh, I don't know if that would sway them, whether they're going to find him or not. But that was kind of funny seeing that. But I definitely think if, if he's releasing a statement after the fact, you kind of know like, yeah, we should clean this up a little bit and make it look better because you kind of see what could be coming after that. So from Mike Schilt to where the Cubs find themselves right now, as you and I tape this on Thursday morning. So the Cardinals salvage the one game, the Cubs win the second straight over the pirates. So they sit a half game back in the NL central. And now they get one more game with the pirates while the Cardinals are in Arizona to take on the diamondbacks. So where are you on this team? Trevor Williams, was really, really good. And the Cubs dominated, and Craig Kimbrell was good again. David Bodie hit a two-run home run. So where are you with Anthony Rizzo sidelined for a second straight day with tight back, uh, lower back tightness? Easy for me to say. Where are you with this team right now as we approach Memorial Day weekend? I think it's a way different team than it was when they were 11-15 and 15 or 12-16 and 16 even earlier this month. That's for sure. I mean, um, they're pitching better. The bullpen is, I think, the second best ERA in the game right now. And the offense is like we've we've talked about it. It's just more balanced at this point. They they can score. They're, the offense since you know April twentieth or so has been one of the best in baseball in every major category you want to look at. So uh, I think this team is. I mean, what what are they? Fifteen and seven this month. So if they finish, we'll say maybe maybe 18 wins or whatever. Like, is that going to be a, a monthly trend for them? Probably not, but they, they've definitely turned my head this month and, and, you know, half a game out of first place, they could literally be tied for first in the NL central. Um, and after Thursday, and here's the thing too, when they're losing, they're only losing by one run. I think the last seven of their losses have been by one run. So it's not just like Cubs blow a team out and then they lose by three runs like we kind of seen in the past. It's they're winning close games. And then when they lose, uh, they're losing by one run. And you could say, well, OK, if maybe if they win a couple of those one run games, they're higher in the standings. But if they also lose a couple of the games, they've won by one run because there's been a bunch of those this month. The standings would look different. But in any case, they're in all these games. The product looks better. And I think there's a lot of positives to take out of this month. And, and the record reflects that. So are you worried about Rizzo? He says he's available to pinch hit. Yesterday morning, he's on the radio with me going, yeah, I'm in the lineup. And then I'm driving downtown and I hear he's scratched. And David Ross jokingly said, I think jokingly, you were on the Zoom. Uh, yeah, I think his back tightened up talking to Cap on the, when he was sitting on a couch. I'm more than a little nervous. This is the second time in 10 days that he's had to miss time. Yeah, I think that's how David Ross phrased it, actually, uh, to your point. Um, I'll be concerned if he goes on the injured list, I would say, because if you look at the lineup on Thursday, Jock Peterson's not in it. That might just be a day off against uh, lefty. But once you get past, you know, we're used to seeing Peterson, Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, Contreras. And today in this Thursday lineup, you have guys like Rafael Ortega, Patrick Wisdom, Eric Sogard down towards the bottom. This is no disrespect to those guys, but 
when this lineup's at full strength, you know, you don't, you, you, it just looks better. Right. And if Rizzo goes on the injured list, then suddenly you're down Rizzo, Matt Duffy, Jake Marisnik, Jason Hayward, Nico Horner. Like those are five key performers. Like we, we know Rizzo's value to this team. That's doesn't have to be stated, but all these other guys are already out and you need the guys like Brian Fias Rizzo to contribute in the meantime. And if you lose Rizzo, all of a sudden this team that's already so banged up, it gets even more banged up. That's a, that's a whole nother level. This is one of your, your three boppers. This is one of your three most key guys. And not to mention what he does defensively. If Rizzo's out, Chris Bryant has to play first base. And we've seen what Chris Bryant has brought in terms of his defensive versatility. So that's been so huge for this team. But if he's playing first base, you kind of have a little bit less options uh, maybe in your lineup than you've had the past few months or past past months. So yeah, if he goes on the injured list, that's, that's a big deal. And um, he's had back issues in the past. It's, it has been a thing where he's, he's gone on the injured list, but he's also at times where it's a couple of days and he's back in the lineup. So that would be the best case scenario for the Cubs just to get him healthy and get him back in there. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I'm more than a little concerned simply because he's a gamer. And Tim, I think you're probably with me on this. I'm going to assume you are. He's playing for a contract, man. He said, we're done negotiating. I felt like it was a slap what they offered me. And so for him to sit out, is it more precautionary? Is it I can't take a chance on getting hurt because I'm playing for a contract? Or is it more serious? Yeah, I don't I don't think that the contract has anything. I don't think it has to do with it. Like it's it's more just they need him on this team like. This we, we keep talking about and all the talk around the Cubs is will they blow this team up in July? And you need Anthony Rizzo in there to to keep up your winning ways and and, and go across, you know, the front. Don't don't let the front office be able to decide they want to sell. Make it harder on them and and don't let them get in that position. And by the way, go go read Gord Wintmeyer's story on NBC Sports about the Cubs and how they can make the front office's summer pretty uncomfortable with their play and, and making it tough to buy or sell. But Rizzo, I mean, it's not even just that we like, like Rizzo is a key player, right? That goes out saying, but he's been really good in May. He's, he's traditionally a slow starter and he's hitting close to 300 this month with a 400 on base percentage. So that's the issue, right? Like it's not only that he he's this, this key performer, but he's been really good. And I don't think it's really been talked about a lot this month, but he's been so key to this lineup kind of just quietly. And, and you don't have that right now. And you go, you go without Nico Horner, who's been good, and all these other pieces, and, and that's where I start to get concerned, especially if he goes on the IL, which I, they're not saying they haven't said that's a possibility yet, but you know maybe that's that's what we could say is a worst case scenario with just common sense. So, do you feel like because of the sixty game season, you know, we saw yesterday in the White Sox game, Adam Eaton leaves tight hamstring, Michael Kopech 
thank goodness it doesn't look to be anything more serious. Tightness in his hamstring. Jake Marisnik, hamstring. Jason Hayward, hamstring. Like, we're seeing a lot of guys banged up for this early in the season. We haven't completed two complete months of the season, and it's not just a Chicago thing because it's colder weather here for the bulk of the first two months. It's everywhere. I'm reading articles where all these guys are going, yeah, I'm having hamstring tightness. My back is getting sore. Is it because of the 60 games last year? Yeah, that, that, totally it is. I mean, the Mets have 16 of their 40-man roster players on the injured list right now. Um, I think it is because your body, you know, okay, 2019 to 20. Well, actually, this is an interesting situation because let's say like 18 to 19, you know you're preparing for 162 and you can prepare promptly. But last year was so strange where – you get to the spring training in February 2020, March, you're preparing for 162, then you're shut down, and then you come back, and then you play 60 games. So it's not even just that like you're jumping from 60 to 162. It's that last year was so strange with shutting your body down or kind of easing up. And obviously, these guys still train hard on their own, but it's so different than you know having all the world-class equipment, like the compound, right? We, we saw... Uh, Dakota Meckes, Sack Short, Ian Happ, Nico Horner, like they, they took some equipment from the Cubs facility in Arizona and they made a kind of a, a backyard gym, but that pales in comparison to a full workout facility. And uh, obviously when you're, you're confined, you're not, I, mean, I think they got in the field, but it's just, it's just different. And now you're here and uh, you're playing a lot more games. And I, I think realistically injuries this season were probably I don't want to say inevitable, but it makes sense that coming off last year, they'd happen. But to this magnitude and this early, like we're not even at 60 games yet. So I think that's the concern here. Like if this is what the, the, it looks like now, where, what is it like 10 Cubs are on the injured list? What, what is it going to look like in August or, or deeper into the season? Like this is, this is really blowing it out of the, it's way more, I guess, than what you could have anticipated before the end of May. Yeah, that's where I'm more concerned. You know, I see Michael Kopech, and he might, I'm not saying he is, he might be the single most exciting player in Chicago baseball, or maybe the most talented player. Maybe that's a better way to put it. You know, Javi Baez has amazing talent. Jose Abreu has amazing talent. Tim Anderson, amazing talent. This guy throws north of 100 miles an hour and looks to be in a really good headspace and to be like, oh my goodness, you get him a full year under his belt, get him back all the way from Tommy John and COVID and everything else we've all dealt with. That terrifies me that if he's got a tight hamstring, that could absolutely affect how you pitch and what it does to your arm. Yeah. You don't want to compensate. And, and, and he, he fell off the mound awkwardly this week against St. Louis. So it was, it was scary looking and, and you can bet they don't want to rush him back because of that. Um, yeah. He, he's definitely been so big for them. He's, he's coming out of the bullpen, but he's been able to be in that swingman role where he makes starts and you, you know, like the, like the white Sox, we're talking about them. They've already lost Eloy Jimenez, Luis Robert for months. And they, they, they've got to play that cautious. And I think that's what a lot of teams are looking at right now. And this is what the Cubs are looking at with Anthony Rizzo, where, David Ross said Thursday morning, it just didn't make sense to put him in the lineup today. And that's because, you know, the history of the back injury is one thing, but when teams are losing guys as, you know, as often this year to start as they have been, when someone gets something that you can 
exercise caution with and maybe avoid an injured list, then you just have to. So Michael Kopech, Anthony Rizzo, whichever, whoever you want to talk about, um, you, you've got to play it safe. And, and maybe that means for five games, whatever, 10 games, you're down you know, a key player, but it makes so much more sense in the long run this year. It does. It just, if we're, as you said earlier, if we're sitting here looking at injuries to key guys, and I'm not talking about, you know, a pitch that hits you in the wrist. That can happen at any time. But we've got guys with core muscle injuries. We've got all these hamstrings. We've got pitchers that are going down. Now you got Noah Syndergaard trying to come back from surgery. He's been shut down again with inflammation. They're saying no structural, gone until at least August. Like, where will we be injury-wise as an industry at the trade deadline? That's two more full months of baseball. Yeah, and this is what I look at with the Cubs is you have, you know, look at all the moves they've had to make with the 40-man roster because of these 10 guys that are out right now. And you just brought up August. What is it going to look like in August? Because Matt Duffy's going to come back Jake Marisnik, Jason Hayward, they're going to come off the injured list at some point. And you have on your 40-man and your active roster right now, Patrick Wisdom, uh, Rafael Ortega. Um, I'm forgetting someone else here. Nick Martini. So these guys are big big depth pieces. And, and you're, going to, you're going to have to take them off uh, the active roster and maybe to clear space in the 40-man. Maybe they get moved off the 40-man like to get back to AAA. They have to clear waivers, right? So... If you they've built up this good depth and it's helping them right now, but I don't think the Cubs would have hoped that they would have had to make all these 40 man moves in May. Maybe it's August, like right. So if they lose some of these guys because they're not the only teams losing, you know, going losing guys to injury, then all of a sudden your depth looks really, really scarce. And the Cubs have built up good pitching depth in AAA. Like we've seen with the young guys, but they still have guys like Kyle Ryan down there, uh, Adam Morgan. Uh, Trevor McGill, Alec Mills, these guys are on the injured list. So the pitching side looks good, but if you're going to have to make 40-man moves to to get guys that are on the active roster off and then you're going to need them later, then who who do you go to? Like That's that's what I'm concerned about, and that's kind of why you saw this week the Cubs went out and signed someone like D. Gordon. Yeah, what do you expect out of D. Gordon? Uh, it's funny, I was talking to Rizzo on the air yesterday. I said, hey, you like your new player? Um, I just heard you say something as you were leading into me. I have no idea what's going on. And it's D. Strange Gordon. He took that portion of his name to honor his late mother. And he's a guy who can run. He can field. Look, he's in the twilight of his career. There's a reason you're available here at the end of May and being released out of a triple-A roster. But he's still a professional baseball player. Yeah, I mean he's been he's been released by the Reds and the Brewers this year. I honestly think a big part of it is Triple A depth. Like the Triple A lineup has been decimated by like Wisdom Martini and Ortega being being called up, right? So I think part of it is Triple A needs players, and and this guy is a like you said, like he's got the track record. He's he's played in the big leagues for a number of years, so he. He could be down there and he could be good for Iowa. And if you really need him in a pinch, he he you can bring him up. I don't I don't see him coming up unless things get real bad on the injury front. But you know, that is a, a nice depth piece if you need it. But they've they've done that recently with because Iowa's lineup is so scarce. Like they went on and signed Trace Thompson, Clay, Clay Thompson's brother, just because Iowa's lineup is so thin. So I think it is a big part to do with with, with that as much as anything, more so than he's gonna be here down the line or something. All right, last thing for you, 
pitching staff. We saw a really good start out of Trevor Williams yesterday. I think he struck out seven. He was in command. Even when he had a little bit of a hiccup toward the end of the start, he was able to wriggle off the hook. They win it 4-1. Craig Kimbrell pitches well. Is Trevor Williams a piece that they can rely on, or he just beat a bad baseball team? Yeah, well, that's funny, right? Like, it is the Pirates, but I mean, he, he talked about it after the, the win on Wednesday. He said, I'm paraphrasing, but it's just a matter of taking a small st- a step forward every start and brick by brick laying in and not uh, no steps back. And, you know, whatever you want to say, like he got removed after what, like two innings against Detroit a couple weeks ago. Then the next start, he goes out against Washington. He gets into the fifth inning and uh, Juan Soto's coming up and the tying runs on, I think, or one. So does the tying run. So David Ross said it on Wednesday, like he could have pitched deeper into that game, but it made sense to take him out for Juan Soto and Justin Steele walked Juan Soto, but he got out of the inning. So uh, that did, I guess, work out. And then this next start, he goes out and he allows that one hit, which was really just a misplay by Jack Peterson in his first five innings. And it turns into six innings of one run ball. And like we said, it's against the pirates, but he's taken steps forward and that's all you can really ask for. Like, He's been a guy who that yesterday was his longest start since his season debut when he pitched into the seventh inning, didn't get any outs in the seventh, but pitched well. This was his longest start since then. So I think if if he can just kind of keep taking these small steps forward, yeah, that's going to bode well for the rotation because the rotation as a whole has already been collectively doing much better this month. Like we're seeing the Kyle Hendricks that we've all grown accustomed to seeing the two-time opening day starter. Uh, Zach Davies is pitching deeper into games. Albert Ozilai has just been so consistent. And you might look at his ERA and say, well, what what the heck? It's in the fours. But a chunk of those runs he's allowed were inherited by the bullpen. So, yeah, he put the guys on base, but it is a little misleading. Um, so the rotation is just it's just doing much better this month. And if Trevor Williams can just be, you know, he's the fourth starter, just just go out there and give him five or six innings, quality innings, then that would be big for them because the rotation's already looking better this month. Well, let's see how things shake out with Rizzo's back, losing Nico Horner and Marisnik and Hayward and all these guys. Eventually, you can't have enough depth to overcome all that. So we'll see if they can beat the Pirates and then come home and take on a Reds team that has been very, very pedestrian with Eugenio Suarez, who I think is one of the best bats in all of baseball. I went back and looked his last 102 games. He's hitting like 175, so there's something going on there as well. Votto's on the injured list, so a chance for the Cubs before a real tough stretch of their schedule, five straight series against really good teams. A chance, Tim, that when we record again on Tuesday, they're alone in first place. Yeah, how about that? It could cap off May with a complete 180 from April. Um, so this is this is definitely a big chance for them entering a June where they're going to get a lot of tough teams, Padres, Dodgers, so they, they definitely could end man a high note here, and they, they could benefit from it for sure. Have a great day. Have a great holiday weekend, okay, man? You too. There he is. That's Tim Stevens of our Cubs content team. I'm David Kaplan. For our great producers, Tony Gill and Joe Collins, this has been another edition of the Cubs Talk Podcast, brought to you by Wintrust, home of Cubs checking with free ATMs nationwide. We will see you next time. And don't forget, any breaking news, we'll always have the Emergency Cubs Talk podcast. Have a great holiday weekend. See ya.
Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.